Hello and welcome to Addressing Dress, an audio production of the Dress Syndrome Foundation. I'm your host, Connie Stevens, as we continue our series on the medical condition known as Dress Syndrome. Dress stands for Drug Reaction with Eosinophilia and Systemic Symptoms. The Dress Syndrome Foundation is hard at work educating the medical community and the general public about this very dangerous yet often misunderstood condition involving severe drug hypersensitivity. The foundation advocates for patients and connects researchers to a patient registry to help make life-saving breakthroughs on the causes and treatments of dress. On this episode, the story of Hannah Sakachi, a beautiful and kind teenager from Camarillo, California. Weeks after her 17th birthday, back in July of 2011, she lost her life to dress syndrome. Before we delve into her medical condition, which is well documented in medical journals, Let's take a few moments to meet Hannah. Her mother, Nancy Sakachi, wrote a book about her daughter titled, Hannah Was Here, Dress, An Alarm That Must Be Heard. Here's Nancy reading the essay she wrote about the beginning of her daughter's life called, The Fourth Leg. So Hannah Victoria Sakachi was born six years after her brother Samson. I delivered her at Community Memorial Hospital in Ventura, California. Hannah's birth came two years after our move to Oxnard. She gave our previously three-legged family its final leg to stand on. Our baby girl was six pounds and one ounce. After three pushes, she literally flew straight into the arms of a wide-eyed brother and her very proud father. Sam couldn't wait to have his very own sister, but he wondered if she could play ball right away. Hannah was sharp early on. She was smart. She was beautiful. She had these big red lips with enormous brown eyes. She was the kind of baby who laughed all the time. She ate anything you gave her, and she rarely fussed. Sina, who was a student of mine, um, had held our new little bundle of calm, Hannah, and he just shook his head. And he said, now this one is going to do something great. Hannah gravitated to science like her dad. She loved nature, inventing, tap dancing, singing, writing, and painting. She showed me a Dali-esque painting she had finished along with a picture of her sketching herself, sketching herself, sketching herself. She turned old boxes into exercise equipment and practical inventions, like a pulley system that transported her playthings to the ceiling and back. Self-motivated and imaginative, Hannah never complained of being bored or having to do homework. When she was in sixth grade, she asked for an appointment book like mine. I'm only crying because I'm so proud. I'm actually feeling proud. The book is an important read for anyone learning about the dangers inherent in prescription medications. Mom Nancy explains that Hannah, at 16, was treated with a drug menocycline for a typical case of teen acne. You know, she was thinking about college. She was doing all the things you do to get your applications ready to get into a decent college. She was having a blast with boys and crushes and studying and and just living a normal life. She was the most down-to-earth and just very level-headed and, and just a wonderful girl. And it was Hannah's sweet 16. And she was studying so hard to get into school, 
and she liked this boy, and she saw a couple pimples on her forehead, and she said, Mom, I need to get another facial. She would do, do it a couple times a year. And generally, I would just take her down the street. But my husband was a teacher, a chemistry teacher, and I was working, and we, we had finally got insurance. And uh, so I went to this uh, main appointment for the Skin Care Institute in Thousand Oaks. It was a Stanford-trained doctor, checked it out. She was just going to go in for a facial, but he mentioned that this minocycline was very helpful and had not had any um, issues with it. Of course, we drilled him and uh, talked about uh, Accutane and the stomach issues and all these different things. So I felt aware. This is part of the stuff I think about now is that I was aware. I was paying attention. And it really didn't matter. About 21 days after Hannah started the medication, she was at a friend's house for a sleepover and woke up with swollen glands in her neck. She figured it was simply the result of going to bed with wet hair. That winter morning marked the beginning of her dress journey. What we've learned about dress, which is drug, reaction, or rash, with a senophilia or not, which is elevated white cells, systemic, which means it's all up in you, everywhere, and some drugs even in the brain, at least in Hannah's situation it was, and the symptoms. And when Hannah got this, there was no information whatsoever, so treating the symptoms was kind of standard protocol. And not necessarily a great thing with dress because of how systemic it is, because of all of the hidden things that are going on. For Hannah, in addition to the swollen glands, she was tired. She started to spike a fever and eventually developed what's called a maculopapular rash. Doctors blamed an allergy to minocycline. Between stopping the drug and starting a tapering dose of prednisone, they assured Nancy her daughter would be fine. She stayed at home a couple of weeks with a teacher bringing in homework. Eventually, she felt well enough to try a yoga class where she suffered a blackout. At the time, her doctors believed anxiety was to blame. And I think in general, for most dress cases, this is what they, they're up against. If they can even get a diagnosis accurately made, they're up against, you know, how to treat the rash, how to treat these different things. But in walking the experience, you know that that can be deadly because you may get put on prednisone to manage your rash and you may feel like things are under control, not understanding that when they lower the dose of the prednisone, and that can be at any, even a, a you know, 10 milligrams, five, some times it's 60 milligrams for someone, sometimes it's 20, that is not a perfect science. But there are points where when that steroid is lowered, you begin to realize you have organ failure. And for Hannah, that happened on her very last doctor appointment sitting on the doctor's table, no more rash, prednisone, you know, given twice to cover up things, even when she, you know, swelled completely unrecognizable after they lowered the prednisone the first time. So literally, they lowered the prednisone and a few days later on the doctor's table thinking it was her last uh, appointment, but not feeling well, her heart failed at 5%. They came in and said, that we had lost her. But doctors were not ready to give up. And after heroic efforts at CPR, they were able to stabilize Hannah's heart with an implanted impella device. From there, she was flown by helicopter to Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, where her heart again stopped beating. And a doctor came out and said, you know, she, 
it's hard even to say what it is, but, you know, she was cold. She was cold. And, um, but they didn't want to let it go, that she was really gone. It just seemed in, incomprehensible. Here's a kid who never took anything. And here she took this antibiotic minocycline and the way it infiltrates. And no one really knew anything, but they just saw this kid not with us. But then they, they did put her on an ECMO. They were able to keep her. But she, you know, she died again, and there was a lot of shocking and a lot of things to bring her back, a lot of, a lot of tremendous experience, tremendous beyond uh, comprehension. A warning. This story is hard to hear, much less live. Nancy says that over an agonizing 102-day period where Hannah was in and out of consciousness, her heart would stop 11 times. She endured two open-heart surgeries, the loss of major organs, fasciotomies flaying open both her legs, hundreds of x-rays and scans, ICU psychosis, and starvation. But we didn't have a clue. Even halfway in, we were treating symptoms. They saved her legs by the fasciotomies, but we ended up not being able to save them. We had uh, open-heart surgery twice within two weeks, had a bivad put in, which is incomprehensible to have that machine that uh, connects on your body and pumps your blood and goes up under your your rib cage and connects to your heart that is no longer working and you're alive. The way it seemed was that dresses kept jumping around. I mean, her on her death certificate, her final uh, understanding was minocycline-induced dress syndrome with multiple organ failure and myocarditis. Hannah's body turned on her with all its strength and being. Because they missed that heart, she saw her body mutilated and went through 102 days of being pumped with more drugs, more painkiller, more experiments, more everything, all because they didn't understand they were treating the symptoms. It really just went so wrong. Once they missed that heart, which is why I just stay on it from the ER, because once you miss the heart, you're backtracking. Six million dollars and a team of 30 doctors, nurses, and clinicians could not undo the damage done by this common antibiotic, one of about 50 documented dress-inducing drugs. It's antibiotics, you know? It's not just a pimple medicine. I don't even really go that aspect, but the idea of giving a deadly drug to someone for pimples is asinine. And the idea of not considering risk to benefit with a pimple medicine or antibiotics with the level of superbug issues that we have, you can no longer uh, just say, you know, I'll just stop it if it's having a bad reaction. And once stress has infiltrated your body, and you will not know until it has, because it's a delayed reaction, unlike an allergic reaction, which you'll know right away, and you could still stop it. But with stress, you do not know until it's already all within your body. It's systemic. That's a systemic part. And, and once that happens, it's there. Nancy found confirmation from world-renowned dress expert Dr. Vincent Decamp in France. In 2010, one year before Hannah was prescribed minocycline, French physicians considering dress determined minocycline was not worth the risk to benefit when other, safer options exist for acne treatment. If your child does have acne and they are experiencing severe depression and you've done different things with them and it is affecting their whole life, there's absolutely nothing wrong with looking at different ways you can help your child. When you give a drug off-label, something like that, when you're giving a drug not necessarily for the thing that it was given for or that's getting switched around, that you're taking a huge risk. 
In the years that followed Hannah's death, it felt like a one-woman war to Nancy, who was working tirelessly to share information. She wrote her book, and she found a role in supporting others all over the country who began responding to her Facebook page called Nancy Sakachi's Dress Family Community. She's also the vice president of the Dress Syndrome Foundation, where dress patients are registering their cases in hopes of participating in life-saving genetic research. I sit in awe every day and in complete disbelief that now we are a complete network and, and a nonprofit and uh, thousands of members strong that are highly interactive on a daily basis. I mean, I get 50 messages a day from people around the world either updating, and then when I can't, I have to step away to do something else, they just do it on their own. They're all sitting with this understanding, and they just help each other. And it's incredible for me. I have a dress family. Sitting here today is the culmination. It's more than I could have ever asked for. Of course, I want more. I want everyone to be okay. I want it all reversed. I want to give everybody their life back and their time back. But I also think that we've walked together trying to make meaning out of what we have had this an experience, and that they couldn't have done a better job as humans being there for each other and making something very beautiful in this, in this chaotic time. Hannah's family has found helping others and preventing future dress cases brings them peace, as does simply sharing Hannah's story. Here's a song Hannah's brother, the musician known simply as Samson, wrote about his sister. I just replay the scene in my head I waited for you by a hospital bed But you didn't wake up Except in my dreams But no one could save us here tonight know what it means But you're so far away this time You're so far away Your voice in my mind again Is all that will play You're so far away this time You're so far away Outside of space and time I hope we can stay You can find more about Hannah's story on our website, dresssyndromefoundation.org. There's also a link to Nancy Sakachi's Dress Family Facebook site. And we invite you to reach out. Just email us at info at dresssyndromefoundation.org. Thank you.